Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. I don't know if you enjoy just the teaching and the preaching of the Word of God, but every week I just get so excited to come and be able to share God's truth and God's Word and just stir you and encourage you and help you grow in your walk with God. And again, it's a privilege to be able to be ministering to those that are watching online, our online campus. So glad that you're tuning in as well and just appreciate you. And send us a line and we always appreciate your encouraging words. So praise God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, we've been... In this series called Closer, and and this is week number three. And I've said to you before that when it comes to church, and really life for that matter, but especially in church, there are seasons that we go through. There are seasons that we're in the process of just building and taking care of physical things. There are seasons where we're purposing to draw closer with God and it's just really focused on us and purposing to grow in our relationship with God. And then there's seasons where we're just purposed to focus on people and just knowing that there's an evangelistical time of, of, of a season or a time within the church where it's really easy or advantageous for us to reach people. And so I'm excited for the season that we're in right now. Amen. Now, if you've noticed that God has just been doing some things here within GVC, I can't tell you how many times people have said within the last month that something's different. The worship's different. The atmosphere's different. I'm hearing things different. I feel different. And it's because we're purposing to draw closer to God. And like I've said to you before and challenged you, if you'll you'll allow me to help help you grow closer and lead you in this, God's going to take us to some great places this year. Amen? Now, one of the things that's really kind of dangerous with this whole aspect of drawing closer is that it starts to feel real good to us believers. Right? You know what I mean by that? It starts to feel good like, man, I like it. It just makes me feel good. I just get my Jesus on when I come to church. And I just like it because it makes me feel good. And so what ends up happening is that we start getting introverted and saying, it's about me, and I'm coming to church to get my fix and my feel-good feeling. And, and again, it just starts to lean to one side. And obviously, we desire for that, and we need to come with an expectation to get fed and filled. But at the same time, we've got to have a mindset as a church that there are people out there that need Jesus. And we can't be so focused on us as God's kids already, but saying... God wants a bigger family, and we need to reach them. Amen? And so part of the season that we're in right now is coming into the Easter season. And next week, I should say Monday, Monday the 7th, I believe it is, it starts our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And so I really want to encourage you just to embrace that, get on board with that. You might say, what does that mean? That just means for a season, we're going to purpose to spend time seeking God and getting closer. And the fasting aspect of that is, is purposing to give something up. Maybe it's TV. Maybe it's a particular meal. Now, I'm not talking about giving up your candy bars. Because if you just give up your candy bars but don't do anything in exchange for that, you'll just make yourself go crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
I'm not just talking about just kind of giving up something. I'm talking about as you give up something like a meal. Maybe it's your dinner meal. Instead of going and feeding my flesh, I go feed my spirit. And I say, God, I'm just going to worship you and I'm going to draw closer. And as we begin to do that, God will begin to expand our heart. And don't be surprised that as he begins to expand your heart, you get his heart for people. And he starts putting people on your heart and you start to pray for them. And then you get the opportunity to invite them to our Easter service and watch what God will do. Amen? Come on. It's all about drawing closer. And God's not only wanting you to draw closer, He's wanting people to draw closer as well. Amen? Amen. And so, we've been talking about this aspect of getting closer or drawing closer to God. And really from the context of worship. And we really need to get our thinking aligned correctly uh, uh, to God's word because I think so many times when it comes to thinking of worship we take it to a formal setting to where we think about I'm coming to church and it's what we do on Sunday morning is we worship and so I hope and I I pray that as we continue with this series we're going to begin to see that it's not just this formal setting but it's really an expression of who we are amen and so just simply to review just a little bit. If you remember last week, we said this, that everybody worships something. Because God made us to worship. That's how he created it. It's, it's on the inside of us to be worshipers. And so once again, worship is something that takes your time, your affection, and your money. And so you can look at your checkbook and really find out what you worship, right? I'm not talking about your natural bills because that's just a part of life. But all that extra other stuff, you can find out. You know, ladies, you know, you got your hair in the budget. You got your nails in the budget. Us guys, we got our golf, our gym memberships, our, our instruments and toys. You know, we all got stuff, right, that we put our money in. But God's not opposed to us adoring things. He just doesn't want it to take the place of Him. And we said this from a simple definition. Worship is the respond of what you value the most what do you value god doesn't want to just be towards the top of our list he wants to be at the top he wants to be our priority he wants us to adore and desire and to come closer to him amen and so today uh, i just want to go into the deep end of the pool all right i just want to jump in and go a little bit further amen and so listen here's the thing We've been talking about this on Wednesday night. Man, what time do we have? You members, you new family people, you messed up the whole routine. And so, man, we're, come on, you got all day? Hey, I got an all day over here. Do I got an all day over here? I got an all day. All right, there we go. Paul says, get me out of here. He says, shut up. <laughs> just messing with you, man. It was just an opportune time when you did that. It's like, oh, I'm getting hot in here, man. It's funny. <laughs> But anyways, like I said, I'd, I want us to take a little bit step further this morning and just look at some things. And some of what we're going to talk about is kind of a little more on the theological side, the scriptural side. But a lot of what we're talking about and what we'll look at will make some sense as we move on or to help you understand some things when it comes to our worship or drawing closer with God. But I also said this on a Wednesday night. If you're not here on Wednesday night, you're missing out a whole lot. You know, you're malnourished if you don't get fed the right foods, right? And so, again, you don't want to get skinny spiritually. So come on on Wednesday night. We feed you good food there. Amen. And so one of the things that we talked about is that the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. And the Bible says that faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. 
It didn't say the reality of things not seen. It says the evidence of things not seen. So when it comes to this relationship with God, many times we've got this idea that our relationship is this life of faith and there is no experience. I just got to believe that He exists and hopefully one day I'll come in contact face to face with God. But if true faith makes what is unseen a reality in the seen, then that must mean that my relationship with God can become personal, can become intimate, and become real to where it's tangible, and I experience it on a regular basis. Just as much as I would any one of you, where it can become real in my relationship with God. Amen? And so as we talk about this, I want you to understand that as we get to the close of our message. Amen. All right, so... When it comes to this idea of worshiping, who was the first worshiper? Because the important thing of looking at who the first worshiper was is to begin to dive into the Word of God. And when I went to Bible college, they said that there is this principle or there's this law of what is called the first mention. The law of first mention. And so whatever is mentioned first and has a consistent thread throughout the Word of God, there is a true form of what it is supposed to be and to, to, to look like. And so therefore, if we begin to look at the Word of God, where do we see the first mentioning of worship in its truest form? The ironic thing is, is that as we begin to examine the Word, it begins to reveal that worship was connected with an archangel called Lucifer. Now it's interesting that how God began to do some things, it was connected with some angelic host. In fact, you realize that there's ranks with angels, there's rank within the body of Christ, there's rank within church, there's rank within... In the angelic host, there is rank. And so at the top of the the, the ranks, if you will, there's what is called the archangels. And so the Bible makes mention of three in particular, one being Michael. And so if you remember, we talked about this a few weeks ago. When Daniel was praying, it says that Michael came as a result of Daniel's prayer. So when it comes to us praying, God says that there's an angel that came as a result of prayer. And then the Bible speaks of one called Gabriel. Remember that? In fact, if you remember the Christmas story... Angel Gabriel came with a message from God or came with the word of God. And then we see that there was an archangel called Lucifer that was connected to and was the worship leader of heaven. And so we see with just those three archangels, there is a prototype or an example of what the kingdom of God is all about. Prayer, the word of God, and worship. Amen? When it comes to a church, a healthy, thriving, strong church is one that is built on prayer, on the Word of God, and on worship. Now, to be honest with you, we're kind of lacking in the prayer side. I'm not going to get off on that you know, conversation right now. But we need to become a praying church. We preach the Word every time we get together. We have worship when we come together. But we really need to become a praying church. Amen? And so, even in our personal life... That needs to be the prototype. If you're struggling in your life, if you're having some trouble, if you're having some difficulty with successes or just seeing God move in your life, I would ask you, how's your prayer life? How's your word life? How's your worship life? Because those three things are pivotal for us to be having success in our lives. Amen? So again, we see that there was a connection here. So I want to bring your attention over to Isaiah chapter 14. Isaiah chapter 14, starting in verse 12. 
And this begins to speak of this archangel called Lucifer. And if you'll go back in verse 11, you don't have to turn there, but in verse 11, it says that God is actually speaking to the king of Babylon, but he's not speaking to a natural man. He's actually speaking to the spirit that is working behind the scenes of natural man. And as you find out, or as we read here, you'll find out that it's actually Satan or it's actually Lucifer. Now, to bring some clarity to that or understanding, do you remember when Jesus was talking to his disciples and he says to his his disciples, he says, I'm going to be crucified. And Peter stood up and says, oh, no, Jesus, that can't be. And Jesus said, Satan, get thou behind me. Remember that? Well, was he calling Peter Satan? No, he was speaking to the spirit or to the enemy that was behind the influence of what Peter was saying. So right here is the same context of how God is talking. So in Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12, It says, how you have fallen from heaven, morning star, son of the dawn. You have been cast down to the earth. You who once laid low the nations, you said said in your heart. Now listen to these words. This is the heart, the attitude, and the spirit behind Lucifer himself. Listen to how he, he, he begins to think. He says, you have said in your own heart, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of assembly, on the utmost heights of the mount of Zaphon. I will ascend above the tops of the cloud. I will make myself like the most high. Did you see the heart of the archangel or Lucifer in whom we now call the devil? His heart was to be ascended. He wanted to to, to receive the glory, the honor. He wanted to receive the adoration. He wanted to put himself above God. And as a result, the Bible says that Satan was expelled. He was sent to earth. In fact, the Bible says that Satan is the God of this earth or this age. But he wanted himself to get the attention. He wanted to take it from God. And did you know that that is still his goal today? That is his goal today in your life and every person that breathes breath on the face of the earth is to get people so distracted that it takes their attention and their affections away from God. Now, once again, this is just kind of real rubber meat in the road right here. But if there is something that we truly are worshiping, and again, you might say, well, I don't know that I'm worshiping false idols. Now, what's taking your affection? What do you, do you adore? What do you put before God? If you put something before God, you actually are worshiping or giving the enemy the attention because that's his whole goal of getting you distracted. Come on, that's sobering, isn't it? Because we're giving our attention, our our affection to somebody else. In fact, do you remember Jesus, or or when we see in the Gospels, the Bible says that Satan came to tempt Jesus. And one of the temptations was, if you bow before me, I'll give you all these kingdoms. What was the temptation? To get Jesus to take a lower place and to esteem him. Right? Right. All right, so continuing. Now, needed you to see that. Isaiah chapter 14 Verse 11 says this. It says, Your pomp is brought down to Shiloh, and the sound of your strings and your instruments. We won't continue to reading, but what I want you to see there is that it spoke of the sound of your stringed instruments. Did you see that? Now, theologians tell us that when you begin to study out the Scripture, in the way that God made Lucifer, is that within his very being, he had instrumental properties i don't know how that looks i don't know what it would have been but within his 
visage, visage within his creation, within his makeup, he had stringed instruments. Then it goes on to say, it gives us another example here. In Ezekiel chapter 28, starting in verse 12. And for the sake of time flipping, you can look here or draw your attention to the screen here. It says, Son of man, take up a lament concerning the king of Tyre and say to him, This is what the sovereign Lord says. You were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom, and perfect in beauty. So in other words, there was none other. There was no other angel that was above Lucifer. Verse 13 says, You were in Eden, the garden of God. So that's where God expelled him to. Eve, every precious stone adorned you. Uh, Cornelian, uh, crystallite, emeralds, topaz, oxen, jasper, uh, lapis lazuli, turquoise, beryl. Your settings and your mountings were made of gold. On the days that you were created, they were prepared. Now let's stop and look at that for just a moment. The Bible says that within his makeup, God somehow adorned him with all the precious stones and jewels. I mean, look at this guy. I mean, he really had it going on. He must have been a sight to see. Do you see that? And then in this, it says, uh, in your settings and your mountings were made with gold. The, The King James Version says this. Your timbrels and your pipes were made of gold. What's timbrels? It's cymbals. Or it's what we would call percussion. And then it says also the pipes or the horns. And they were made of brass. Or made of gold rather. And so in this, in the very makeup of who he was, he had strings. He had the wind instruments. And he had the percussion. If you know anything about instruments, there's the three. Or anything about music. There's percussion. There's the brass or there's the wind instruments, the horns. And then there's the stringed instruments, right? All those make up what we know as instruments today. Now, you see him up here on the platform. You only see Cody. He only plays the strings up here. But, I mean, he's the guy that can play strings and horns and percussion. I mean, he's just multi-gifted and talented. He just, he's just a show-off. And so, we need to pray for you. you got... <laughs> That's how it started with the enemy, you know. He just thought he could do everything. You know? <laughs> so, are you, are you seeing that? I need you to see that because within him, God made him for worship. And everything about him stood out and stood above. And it got to his head to where he says, I want to be top dog. And as a result, the Bible says that God expelled him. Amen? Amen. So in Ezekiel, if we're continuing to look at this, in Ezekiel chapter 28, verse 14. Ezekiel chapter 28, verse 14. It says, you were the anointed cherub who covers... I established you, you were on the holy mount of God, you walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones, you were perfect in your ways from the day that you were created, till iniquity was found in you, by the abundance of your trading, because you you became filled with violence within, and you sinned. Therefore, I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God, and I destroyed you, O covering cherub, from the midst of 
of the fiery stones, your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You, you, you corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground and laid you before kings and they may gaze at you. So as we begin to look at this, again, once again, we see that his ego got the best of him because he realized how awesome that God had made him. But here's what I want you to see in a couple of the couple of those lines in the verse. First of all, God says, you were the anointed cherub. What does it mean to be the anointed cherub? It's very significant in what God is telling him there. He says, you were anointed. Or in other words, when you stepped into that role of being the worshiper and you begin to play the music of heaven, power showed up. Stuff happened when Lucifer began to play his music. There's power in music. Amen. You know what I'm talking about. And still to this day, there is an anointing on music to move you. Whether it's a good anointing or it's a bad anointing. Have you ever been in music where it just gets your toe tapping? Why? Because it's got power. Have you ever noticed that music has shaped entire generations and cultures? When you come into church, you think, man, I just sense the presence of God. Whenever we worship God, why? It's because our worship team is anointed to bring the music. And as we worship God through the music, God shows up. And it's no different till today. And the enemy is still trying to work through music. And so this is just a little side note. But I would be real careful. And I would suggest you to be real careful as to what you let yourself listen to. What you let your kids listen to, what you play in your car, what you play in your home, because it is anointed, either good or bad, and it will move you, affect you, and it will produce some kind of power within your home, and enough's being said on that area. Amen? Amen. But let me just show you something that changes or or how music has an effect. In uh, 1980, Ozzy Osbourne came out with a song called Suicide Solution. And as a result of that song coming out and the young people grabbing hold of it, within the young generation in 1980, teen suicide and young adolescent suicide went up 400%. You say, oh, well, that's just, that's just baloney. Listen, there's power in music. And the enemy is using music still today. Amen? All right. I'll get off that. I know some of you like that twangy country stuff. I like country, so <laughs> easy now, easy pilgrim. All right. <laughs> so the Bible says we saw there that God expelled Satan as a result of his heart trying to rebel against God and trying to draw attention to himself. I want you to know something about about the enemy because. I think we've got this idea. Now, does he have power? Does he have the ability to influence this world? Absolutely. But I think we have concocted this vision in our mind that it's like this great action movie that we've got God and we've got the devil and they're warring against one another and it's like, who's going to win and who's going to fight to the end and, and it's just going to be a, a, a toss-up as to who comes out victorious. No. The enemy is defeated. And in Luke's gospel, the Bible tells us that the disciples came to Jesus and they said, the devils are subject to us by using your name. And Jesus says, yeah, I know. I was there. I saw my dad throw him out. It was so cool. 
Like I said, we think that it's this big action-packed movie of good versus evil. No, if it was a movie today, it would be over in a millisecond. There was no hassle. There was no fight. It was done. God says, get out of here. But he's still having the ability to influence in this earth today. So we've got to be careful. Are you with me? All right. So that being said, if the enemy, if Lucifer was expelled from heaven as the worship leader of heaven, that means that there's a position open. There's somebody that's got to fill that gap. So who fills that position now? Who gets that position of worshiper now? It's you and me. God says, I'm going to give the worship to people that don't have to worship me, but they get to because they want to. And within you, he created everything that he put within the enemy. Did you know your vocal cords are a stringed instrument? They're just strings on the inside. But you let the wind go, you know, the wind instruments, woodwinds. What do you do? You got to blow wind into them. What happens? As you begin to worship God, wind comes across the strings and it makes a joyful noise. As we've already attested, some of you might have a little bit squeakier noise than others, but God likes it. Well, yeah, but but what about the timbrels? What about the percussion? Right here, baby. Come on. Why do we begin to worship God? Why do we clap our hands? Why do we get expressive? Because God made us to worship Him. And once again, it's not just in all the noise that we make. There's more expressions to that. And we're going to look at that next week. We're going to conclude it by talking about Psalms and just how God, what, what God digs, man, what He wants, what He's looking for. But God wants us just to come in purpose to worship Him. And God made us to worship. And He's wanting us to draw closer. Are you doing okay? All right, we're, we're getting close to an end, but can you give me just a few? All right, all right. Take my time, she says. Okay, it's her fault. You look her up afterwards, all right? <laughs> all right, so when it comes to us drawing closer, God wants us to become the worship leaders. There's three truths that I want to quickly go through and bring to our attention this morning. Three truths and things that I want you to see as far as getting closer. Number one God made us from Him. God made us from Him. And it's very significant that we understand this. Because if you remember over in Genesis chapter 1, the Bible says that God created, but God also made. To create means that you make something that did not exist and you made it out of something that never was. You just created it. You realize God is the only true creator? Everything else had to come from something that God made or created. But there's a difference between created and made. And it's distinctive in the Word of God in Genesis. He created things and He made things. And the Bible says, in fact, I think it's in Genesis chapter 1 verse 11. It says that He spoke to the ground and He he created the ground. But then He says, out of the ground will come trees and grass and fruit and seeds and they will reproduce. He says, the thing that I created will now make something. And as a result, there is a very close relationship with that. Because you realize there is a relationship with that which was created and that which was made. And therefore, if you take away or separate or bring too big of a distance between that which was created and that which was made, it produces death. 
You say, how does that happen? Well, the ground produces a tree. If you uproot or remove the relationship of the tree from the ground, what happens to the tree? It dies. Did you realize that God took woman from man? Why? So that there would be a close relationship. Now, the Bible says that God created us in two different ways. He made the physical man out of the ground of what he already made. But then the Bible says that he made the real you, the spirit man on the inside, from him. He created you from him that already existed. Therefore, that's why there is such a close relationship that can take place because of the relationship of us coming from His very person. And that's why it's also significant why we purpose to follow God and know God. Did you realize that the Bible says, I think it's over in Matthew, where it says, in that day, the day of judgment, He said there will be many that say, Lord, we called you Lord. And He says, depart from me. I never knew you. Amen? It's not just a matter of saying, I confess Jesus as Lord and I'm good to go. Jesus said, I want to know you. So there's a difference of relationship. And God wants us to truly have a relationship with Him. Number two, God made me to be with Him. God made me to be with Him. As a result, God wants us to have a relationship, not just come and have religion. He's not wanting us just to come and have formality and say, well, I came to church for an hour. No, He doesn't want us to be religious. He wants to have a relationship with us. God didn't create us just to be alone. He created us to do life with Him. And the Bible says this over in Ephesians chapter 5. This is so cool. Ephesians chapter 5. It says in verse 31 and 32, For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and shall be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. How many of you have heard that before? I use that in my wedding ceremonies and probably every service you've ever been to in a wedding, they've used that. But here's the significant thing. Paul goes on to say this in verse 32. He says, This is a great mystery because I speak concerning Christ and the church. So in other words, what God is saying, He says, I want to tell you about the kind of relationship that I want with you. And the best thing that I can do to bring it into a mental picture for you to understand is to compare it to a marriage of a husband and a wife. And he says, that's what I want. You may say, well, what does that mean? You know, when you were dating, you just wanted to be with them. You said, I want to spend the rest of my life with you. I just want to, I just want to wake up and be with you. I want to go to bed and just be with you. I just, I want to spend my life with you. I just want to talk with you. I want to experience memories with you. And God says, I want that. That's what I want from you. I want you to come close. Isn't that so cool? He says, I want that. In Revelations chapter 21. Discontinuing with this idea. Revelation 21 verses 9 and 10 it says. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls. Filled with the seven last plagues came to me and talked with me saying. Come I will show you your bride. The lamb's wife. The Bible says that when we get to heaven there's going to be a wedding. And the Bible says 
we are Jesus' bride. And all the men says, what? What'd you call me? You've got to understand it in the right way. What he's saying is, I want to spend the rest of my life with you. I've made a home for you. I just want to hang out with you and create memories with you. And just like on a natural level, when, when people get married, they have a reception, they go out to eat, and they just have a big old party. The Bible says that's what's going to happen. As soon as we go home to be with God and we have this marriage supper of the Lamb, we're going to have a big old party. And God's going to say, this is my bride. Oh, I've been looking for you to come. I can't wait to just spend the rest of eternity with you. Amen. And he talks about that. He says, I'm going to bring you to a holy Jerusalem. And then Revelation chapter 21, 19 and 20 says that the foundation, speaking of this place that he's bringing us to, the foundation of what was of the walls of the city were adorned with all kinds of precious stones. The first foundation was Jasper, the second sapphire, uh, the third uh, Chalcedony, the fourth emeralds, fifth uh, uh, Seradox, whatever. And then it goes on. All the jewels. Let's just put it that way. Forgive me for not pronouncing them right. So in other words, what Satan had for God's splendor to say, I just want to make you look so beautiful. God says, well, if you don't appreciate it, I'll do it for my bride. I'm going to do it for them. They'll appreciate it. He says, man, that's what's waiting for us because I just want to be closer. Number three, God made us to express love toward Him. God just wants us to love Him. Are you here this morning? I said, God just wants you to love Him. That's all He's looking for. That's all He's wanting. All He wants is our love. Jesus said this in John chapter 4, verse 23. He said, but the hour is coming and now is. So, so right now, right now is what Jesus is talking about. When the true worshiper will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship Him. Now look at that right there. Look at that. And now is when the true worshiper will worship. That word worship is a man-made word. The translators that were trying to figure out or try to place in the right word there just didn't know how to do it. So they put that word in there. But it doesn't mean that. At least not entirely. They didn't know what else to put, so they put the word worship. Do you want to know what that word means? Come on, this is going to mess with you. (laughs) It's going to mess with you. You ready to know what that word means? When the true worshiper will kiss the Father in spirit and truth. And you're like, ew, kiss. <laughs> what are you talking about? Now listen, it's not that kind of kiss. It's not a kiss of affection, of lovers. You want to know what it means? And this gets me when I talk about it. The word kiss in its translation is like the dog licking his master's hand. I'm going to go home here in just a little bit. I've got a little dog that's about a year old. 
He loves my daughters, or all my kids for that matter. And he loves my wife, but there's something, there's a special relationship. Maybe it's because I'm the alpha, I don't know. But he just can't wait for me to get home. When I get home, he just gets excited. (laughs) Dad's home! Dad's home! Dad's home! Man, I just, I'm telling you, I love it when my family's home and I come home from the office and I'm there. Sure enough, I open the door, there's Buddy. <laughs> he's just so excited to see me. I mean, he's just, he don't jump up on me. He just, oh, and he takes off running because I'm home. And he comes back and he's just, he's like, oh, just, just pet me dad, just pet me dad. Oh, he's on the I love you. That's what God is looking for. Come on, are you seeing the picture? He's looking. The Father is looking for those that are saying, God, God, I just want to be with you. God, I just want to be closer. Oh, God, I can't wait to get you closer. Oh, I can't wait to get to church. I can't wait to come to church on Sunday morning. You walk in the door and you see somebody. Oh, I'm going to, beat the, I'm going to get to the front row before you. I can't wait. Oh, I can't wait to worship God. Oh, I love you, Jesus. <laughs> He's looking. For the excitement and the desire that I just want to be with you. When I get home, I say, I know who loves me most. It's my dog. My dog is just so excited to see me. And doesn't that, if you've got dogs, doesn't that make you feel good? It does. It makes me feel. Now, if you've got cats, you know your cats don't do that. <laughs> They're just, yeah. But you know what I mean? It blesses my heart that my dog is so excited to see me. Are you seeing the picture? It's not a goofy image. It's the desire in the heart of, I just can't wait to be with you. I'm so glad you're here. Amen. It's time... That we stop putting a faceless God in our thinking. It's time that we stop just thinking of God being this big invisible thing somewhere. But God just says, I'm looking for people that would just love me. We come close. We just come spend time with me. I don't know if you've ever been on a trip for an extended period of time and you get out of the airport and you come walking down the stairs and nobody's waiting for you. Or maybe there's been other times where you've come and maybe you've seen it where there's that big family and they've got the signs. Welcome home. Maybe they did that for you. Which would you want? What welcome would you want? That's all God's saying. So will you come closer? Will you just love me? Will you let me love you? Come on, that's God's heart, God's desire.
subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites, which can be found at our website, gvchurch.tv. We know that today's message has been a blessing to you. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life.